the, the, the temptation of the inexplicable outlier. Like, golly, if I could just get rid of this one data point. Oh, here's a great, yeah. Let's just do some rapid fire opinion. Not even rapid fire. Outliers. Mm. <laughs> I include everything. Actually, you know what? Out of laziness, it's like, whatever. Include it. Yeah. <laughs> I, used I don't to know how you really... feel, Matthew. Well, you know, it's difficult because the nature of those outliers, it's very difficult to to create an a priori definition of what constitutes an outlier and what conditions one could set up a priori for uh, you know eliminating those aberrant data points and so it's it's very tough most outliers are detected in a post hoc fashion and you know one goes back to the adage it's it's the um uh, it's the exception that proves the rule. And so, you know, th this is maybe one thing that the um, physical sciences could borrow from the social sciences. We never expect that there won't be outliers. We know there are really weird people out there. You know, the notion <laughs> that there would be weird proteins or weird electrons or that there would be some, some of this, you know, non-rule-based behavior amongst you know proteins electrons um that's exactly what i view it as <laughs> but the there is no weird proteins weird participants who will give you the exact opposite responses just to be obstinate you know to have this you know sort of oppositional defiant personality trait and just give you the opposite it's something that we've had to come to grips with uh perhaps a little bit more um, it gets bundled up with measurement error uh, that our outliers can be the result of having uh, someone completely misinterpret the questions on a survey or to, you know, be viewing them through a very different lens and what's anticipated or to just simply be quirky and uh, uh, obstinate. So... For me, when I'm looking at a data set and there are some clear outliers, one has to be a little bit of a detective and see what can you figure out by looking at some of the demographic features of that, uh, that one particular data point or a very small two or three data points that fall far outside the pattern exhibited by the others. What can we tell based on the measures that we've collected to see if there is a general rule that can be created? And if that's something that is interpretable and makes sense that, uh, oh, you know, we had language in our survey that, you know, inadvertently was, you know, viewed as hostile by a small group of participants. It wasn't intended on our part and ended up being, you know, a microaggression against that group and they gave us weird data. We figure that out, we see where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, it's part of the storytelling that, yeah, we take these three data points out because they are very different from the pattern, but we can't really know that that's the case without collecting another data set and, you know, either manipulating those questions to remove that source of potential problem, remove the microaggressions, 
from the measures and see if you know the outlier problem goes away when we sample from that same you know demographic group you know or you know if we say okay we're going to try and enhance this which probably is not ethical um or enhance, we're meaning to, like increase the amount of responses that would fit within those outliers or you know hey let's sample from this group more heavily mm -hmm. and see the different pattern that uh, is exhibited suggesting that you know our sample was a, a finite mixture of two different populations population of folks who would operate in one way with a positive relation with these variables and then another population for discernible reasons that operates in a different uh, with a negative relation between a pair of constructs. And if we can make sense and interpret the reasoning behind and construct you know, additional hypotheses about why those two different populations would have different reactions, we've probably uncovered something really exciting and cool. Um, we can also just divide up our sample into the folks who have a positive relation and the folks who have a negative relation and maybe another population where folks have clearly no relation and all of a sudden we'll have a great predictive model except all we've done is to um, create um, groups that are you know op, you know posterior creations they're created post hoc and the only common feature they have is that you know in a random distribution, uh, bivariate distribution, they fell in a certain region. So if we can't in interpret why, you know, what's the basis of group membership, then it doesn't really do us much good. Yeah. The, um, so then your point was, uh, you're naturally going to find in a population subjects or, or outcomes that are at either end of the spectrum. And so you should include those in your analysis. I guess I might, I might rebuttal in the sense that like, if you only have 10 samples and sample 10 is wildly off the charts, like, do you really have, does that really feel like it's one of those that are in the 97th percentile? You know, if, if you know your measurement error, it's not measurement error, no one made a mistake. Um, and let's say, pigs, for example, and one is like three times heavier than all the rest. To me, it's like, that's an abnormal case. We should, we should yeah. remove that one. Well, but I I, if I had a hundred or 200 or a mm. thousand, maybe, maybe this is the point of if it's, you know, it's an outlier, but is it influential on your data set? Yeah. Those are two different issues. Yeah. Yeah. If it's influential, then I think getting back to Matthew's point, you should look at that one specific example. Hey, what is going on with a specific pig? that mm -hmm. caused the weight to be so much more heavy. Maybe there was an, an error on the person dreading the trial for that specific pick. And perhaps I, yeah. there is... Let's, yeah. let's just, though, brainstorm, like it's not a measurement error. Like that's legit what its weight was. And it wasn't through a fault of experimentation. Then I keep it in there. I mean, it's just, it's one sample, right? If it's just one out of and the other nine, the other nine follows an estimated mm -hmm. mean closer to the, popula the true population, then why does it matter? 
But I, but it, I, I would say that it just that's going to change your mean. And maybe you would say, screw it, let's solve this problem by using median. <laughs> let's pretend that's not an option. <laughs> it would, it, it would artificially inflate the averages, and it's like well, it will artificially most... inflate. It will be minute though, if it's just one, right? Well, it depends on what the total sample size is. We know the mean is very susceptible to the influence of outliers. We're all susceptible and to Jeff Bezos's in income. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a whole nother one. Yeah, well, <laughs> table that for some other thing. For, uh, some other time. I'm just, I just can't say anything because I won't shut up for the next six hours. Um, this is the next topic. Yeah, it, it, we know the mean is susceptible to outliers. And so if what we are you know, doing, if we're comparing two different conditions to try and find out which one results in uh, hogs that are heavier, then you know, whether the outlier um, is in you know, one nutritional condition or the other nutritional condition, it could have so much influence that whichever group it's in looks to be the best group, even though taking that one case out would completely change the discussion. So we could say, oh, there is a pig that has been subject to alien abduction and <laughs> there's dark matter <laughs> inside the pig that makes it, you know, 10 times oh my gosh. you know? And so it's not anything about the nutrition. Yeah. It's the fact that one of the pigs was subject to an alien, you know, abduction. abduction. With dark matter injected into it. Yeah. It, then you take it out. Dark matter probe and, and left it up there. Yeah, here's, you conduct here's, a whole different experiment with dark matter probes. <laughs> you put on, it's just crushing everywhere it goes. <laughs> Scales this, this needs to go on the list of places I did not think this conversation was going to go. Dark matter probe. What are we probing it? <laughs> This isn't outside the realm at all of my research. I mean, should we talk about fecal collections and probing <laughs> for those? Oh, um, <laughs> okay, follow up though to the outlier. And because, uh, you know, these are things we would debate in my old lab all the time. Okay, so it's an outlier for body weight. Everything else looks normal. Do we include it for one? Do we out, uh, exclude it for that one measure? Or do we, you know, subject-wise subject deletion or observation-wise deletion? Um, I, what I did in papers is observation wise, um, deletion, maybe I would or, or wouldn't do it, but uh, again, that way, um, no, I think that is fair, right? You could be an outlier in, in some ways and totally normal in other ways. Doesn't mean you need to be omitted from the entire data set. And of course there was bias for us. Cause we're like, well, we don't want to omit too many because we have a really small sample size. No, and, and the, oh, just uh, omit that when you're talking about we can, we can realistically get our hands on 10 animals is very different from, an, oh, well, we'll just put another survey on uh, Amazon MTurk and we'll get another 500 responses. Yeah. Um, that is an entirely, entirely different uh, uh, question when you know the protocol is very in-depth and very time intensive and resource intensive per you know experimental unit you know it may not be an option to say let's throw this one you know data point away and then throw all the other data points for that particular uh, animal that particular case away that case-wise deletion of data is uh, can be 
a huge detriment to the overall power of the study. Yeah. I, uh, okay, yeah, so earlier on when I was in grad school, I was very staunch, like, okay, if it's outside, I either picked two or three student types residuals, I'd have to go look at the manuscript, whatever, I'd pick a number, I'd say if it's out that, get rid of it. And I did it for, on a measure specific, so not a whole subject. Um, but, you know, the mistake was, I was just overriding the data set uh, and omitting that. And then oh, I was, uh, yeah, your face. I fixed, I, I learned in the code before publishing that that's what was happening. So, you know, I stopped doing that. <laughs> but I, I handed the code off and they're like, every time I run this, it keeps finding new outliers and getting rid of them. And now I have like four subjects. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, that's a case where it's obvious. So, okay, you removed an outlier. Do you keep, do you, do you now look for more outliers and do you remove those too? You know, in some distributions, if it's really skewed, yeah, you're just going to keep finding new ones and new ones. If it's really normal, you, I, I assume you probably won't find another outlier. You know, did you guys encounter that in your research and how do you deal with that? I have not seen a data set within the last 10 years that had such a huge outlier that it was just immediately obvious and that something had to be done it, it's it's not a common occurrence um, yeah same for for us over here like we don't get an outlier that is so out there that let's eliminate it just outright like most of the time it just groups up really nicely that's nice for you guys <laughs> yeah well, Vin, we're working on one right now, right? So we've got some organisms yeah. of animals, and one of them is like this doesn't even make sense. It's just so out there. Maybe, maybe something about me. I just I attract outliers in my data sets. I'm the <laughs> measurement error piece part of this. Because <laughs> I, I had to. I felt like when I was learning stats, I had to throw everything out because I was like, well, every assumption is violated. It's not normal. I have outliers. Nothing. I was like, I feel like I felt like I could barely find a normal distribution to save my life. Um, and everything had to be non-normal or non-parametric or whatever. I think I'm just rambling now, um, but we frequently encountered, I guess, you know, just statistical outliers. I don't know if we don't know if they're necessarily biologically outliers. But well, and, and when you are doing small sample size research, I think you are more, you know, uh, yeah. susceptible to finding some of those extreme cases. And, you know, if you were, you know, not working with 10 animals, but somehow resources became truly unlimited and you were working with, you know, uh, 200, 300 animals, some of those data points in between the outlier and, you know, the others could be filled in and then it suddenly doesn't look like an outlier. Yeah. You know, and I think that brings us back to one of the concepts that uh, Vin raised, which is, is it an influential outlier or not? Because if the, you're looking at the relation between two characteristics and the case is extremely high on both variables that are positively related, then removing it won't have a huge influence on the size of your regression slope 
or the size of the correlation coefficient that you've calculated, uh, where it has a gigantic influence is where it's extremely high on one variable and extremely low on the other, when there is a generally positive relation between the two and where it is attenuating the correlation for the full sample quite strongly uh, and, and to the point where it could actually generate a negative correlation, but deleting that one case makes it, instead of a weak negative, a strong positive association. And then it becomes a really crucial issue with how we handle that influential outlier uh, because we reach the opposite set of conclusions with and without the data point. Do you, do you then take like an, uh, a procedure before you even analyze it to say, all right, we're going to look at influential points. You know, if they meet these criteria, we're going to remove them. Do you, you know, peek under the hood, try to figure out why it was influential? I, I can see arguments for both, right? Peek under the hood, is this legitimate observation? Um, versus no just this is your procedure just do that report it it is what well, it is you know i i think it is as long as you're really clear about what you did and why you did it ultimately you know it falls on your peers to evaluate those decisions and you know the reviewers may come back um it's yet another reason why we don't overwrite our data set <laughs> <laughs> so that we can, here's the analysis with the outlier included, yeah. here's the analysis with the outlier removed. We come to these very different conclusions, looking in, you know, zooming in on that influential data point, we've, you know, generated the following hypotheses that might explain why there is such a different pattern being exhibited by this one case in the data set. And, you know, by and large, really getting at the truth of it is going to involve more data collection. I just want to defend myself for a second. I at least did not oh, change the raw data. It okay. stayed the same. I <laughs> loaded it in, new name, and that's the one I... <laughs> new variable. <laughs> it's changing another variable. Don't worry. Yeah.